it was just so funny because the, the look on his face, he was just like, um, he thought maybe I was just going to, it was going to go more like Playboy style. And I just went full on like triple X uh, stuff. But that was, <laughs> that was so funny. Hi, and welcome to Drinking With Creatives, because drinking by myself isn't a podcast you want to listen to. My name is Jeremy Berger, a documentary filmmaker and senior editor. And each week I sit down with a fellow creative, talk shop, talk life, and have a drink. The pandemic has, as I'm sure you know, affected everyone and everything. Yet somehow, we adapt. Today I am with creative director Robbie Gomez. We're chatting about life in the pandemic, from managing a team that needs to get its work done, remote or not, to the surprises and things we miss along the way. Let's jump in. Well, let me just see if I get this out. Yep, that's me going in. So Robbie, the first question, the most important question, what are you drinking tonight? Um, Diplomatico rum uh, and Mexican Coke. That is my go-to, um, go-to cocktail these days. My word, you're starting off with rum? Oh, you know, it's, uh, there's something about the way my body works, or I guess my liver works. Um, and I'm not <laughs> saying this because I'm, pr- I'm proud. It's just one of those, you know, oh, I can move my ears. Um, oh, I could drink a bottle of rum and I'm okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, for some reason I metabolize rum very easily and with very minimal hangover the next day. So. Okay. Wow. That's, that's just incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a Sierra Nevada and I thought I'm, I was being dangerous cause it's six, but at the <laughs> same time, I'm pretty sure it won't kill me. I love for you to tell people who you are, what you do and what exactly that is. Yeah, Definitely. Um, so I'm Robbie Gomez. I'm a creative director. Um, I've been working as a creative director um, for, I, I can't even tell, you know, like when you go through your um, promotions or whatever, like I, I don't even remember when, but I've been a creative, um, an art director, designer um, since uh, I graduated from school in 96. Um, I went to City Tech in Brooklyn. Uh, used to take me about an hour and a half to get to school because I lived in Jamaica at the time. Um, but yeah, I've worked in the industry from everything from my my start at a small um, agency uh, called Interrobang Design that is not around anymore um, to uh, Torno. Um, do you know the watch company? To yes, Torno. yes, Torno Watches, yeah. Yeah, so they have have had i'm not sure I haven't, I haven't kept up with them but they had um an in-house um ad agency there and so that was like my first um like big agency job and um i routinely um as a, like you know a kid coming out of school routinely had ads in the new york times uh, like full page ads Uh, quarter page ads, um, big ones for like for holidays. And I remember designing uh, my first Valentine's Day ad and it was like, you know, full page New York Times. Uh, It's pretty exciting for a a kid from Queens. Um, Then kind of just, I think then is when I started to like just really move around. Um, I worked at CBS News um, as a senior designer and there was uh the best part of that job was that i had um an alphanumeric pager like so they would and this is back in oh man this is like 99 i mean we don't need to do the math on that robbie (laughs) so basically this alphanumeric pager in case 
I guess things, you know, big news story and they would have to call us and we were on call. So like we would have to go into the office um, and, you know, to design some graphic for some massive breaking story. Um, that only happened twice, I think. Um, routinely, it was just like, okay, we know what's coming up. We know what we got to design, um, stuff like that. And then I did a short stint at Federated. Um, they, they own Macy's and I, I, I thought that I was sick of being um, an art director designer. Um, and so I thought, you know what? Everyone's always coming to me for um, computer advice. What if I try my hand at, um, at IT? And so I did that cool. for about six months. And I was like, no, I'm right. No, I went to school. <laughs> I went to school uh, for design for a reason. I was like, yeah, no, I can't. I can't do this. I don't want to do this. It was, it was pretty bad um, just because I wasn't a good fit. It was, you know, they would ask me things and I'd be like, um, I need to, I need to ask my boss or they would say, Hey, can you come check this out and install this? And I was just like, yeah, no, this is not, it's not what I want to do. Um, and then let's see, I went over to, no, then I moved to Miami and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to get, I'm going to work uh, as a creative in Miami. Um, and I went down there and I had the, the funniest slash saddest experiences uh, going on interviews um, where everything was like a scam. Um, remember this one agency, um, it was like looking for uh, web designers, um, you know, for this, for, for these sites. And I was like, yeah, it sounds great. I got my, my portfolio at the time, you know, big portfolio. Um, I got down there and there was like 20 other people there. And I'm like, oh, that like, this is gonna be really competitive. And then they opened up the doors and they were like, okay, everybody come in. And I'm like, this is like gonna be like a weird group interview. I'm like, that's oh. really strange. We sit down, we sit around the table and then they go, um, and then they start pitching us this like website idea that we would have to buy product and then we create this website and sell that product. But oh, Jesus. But, but first, yeah, but first we have to buy it from them. And we were just like, oh my God, like most of us stood up and just left. Some people stayed and, you know, whatever. But yeah, it was like, it was stuff like that that would happen to me down there. So I ended up, um, ended up becoming a bartender. I went to bartending school. I got my little bartender's card. It's not even like a real license, but it said license on it. Um, and then, yeah, I was like, no, you know what? I can't do this anymore. So then I moved back up here to New York. Um, and I started working at this small, small agency, um, called Cooper group. And, uh, yeah, I was an art director there for, uh, for, for, I want to say like two, three years working on, I started working on really bigger, like bigger brands. I was working on Deutsche Bank, uh, American Express, Columbia house was big at the time. Um, Whoa. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Nestle, uh, Nestle Waters. Um, and then it's funny. I don't know. I don't even know if I should say this about that, that company. I ended up, um, I ended up getting pulled into a pitch um, for, <laughs> for this division of Columbia house. That was like the adult movies. Um, the, really? The, yeah. And so, yeah, the, 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 my boss was like, Hey, you know, can we talk? And I was like, yeah, sure. He goes, um, so we're kind of, we're pitching for this thing and, you know, it has to be really sensitive, but I just want to know if, if you would be offended or would you want to work on this? And I'm like, um, okay, tell me more. And he's like, they told me. And so it's like Columbia house, you know, the discs and everything, but it's for the adult movies. And I go, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I can, I can do that. 
And he's like, are you familiar with porn? And I was like, eh, maybe a little bit, maybe a little <laughs> bit. And then, um, so the funny part is that he goes, okay, so you can work in my office, you know, bring your computer in. So I was working in his office and it, you know, he was like, come up with, with this, this, and this. It was like a, an FSI, uh, you know, of, uh, um, oh, what's it called? Um, like just part, something to go in the mailer um, type thing. And then, so he, you know, maybe like two days he comes in and he's like, all right, can I, you know, can I see where you're at? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, here you go. And the look, the look on his face, he goes, oh, um, yeah, this is, he goes, this is too raunchy. It was basically, <laughs> I had basically made like the most explicit like ad that I think, I mean, I, I was like, I was proud. I was like, this looks awesome. And he was just like, yeah, no, we, we, we can't show that on, you know, on this, on this mailer. And I was like, oh, well, you know, well, there's, there's that. Um, I, can, and, I mean, you can always dial it back. It's, it's, it's you reaching out to extreme, you know, like you got to go exactly. as far as you can and then rely on your boss to kind of like rein you back in. I get it. Yeah, it was just so funny because the, the look on his face, he was just like, um, he thought maybe I was just going to, it was going to go more like Playboy style. And I just went full on like triple X uh, stuff. That was, that was so funny. Um, yeah. And then I got scooped up by, by Digitas. Um, mm -hmm. We weren't uh, Digitas LBI yet, um, but I, I worked there for, oh man, I worked there for like nine years. Um, it was, I worked on every client. I was on Comcast. I was on CNN. Uh, I worked on uh, American Express a lot. Um, it was just, you know, bouncing around. Um, and again, I think this is where, um, you know, kind of that idea of having a mentor, um, I think would have come in handy because I think what my mentor would have told me at that, like even halfway through was like, it's time to move on. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, you know, was being, I was being passed around by from boss to boss because, you know, the bosses were leaving, um, you know, mm. so they would be there for two, three years and then they would go and um, now, now I need a new boss. And then the cycle would start all over again where the boss had to get to know me and like, I had to prove myself to the boss. And it was very like, it was frustrating because it felt like I was in, uh, you know, um, kind of in a, in, in a hamster wheel, um, just going round and round. Um, and then finally, I think the best thing that happened to me uh, is I got laid off. I got laid off. And that's another fun, fun story. Um, I had dated someone in, um, in HR, um, which is always wait, 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 good. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's back up for one <laughs> second there. I, I don't think we can just fly by that. Um, you were dating somebody in the human resources department. Yes. <laughs> well, right? in all fairness, we had started dating uh, when she was a receptionist. Uh, and then she moved oh, in okay. the human resources department. Oh, well, that's fine then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, you know, we had crashed and burned, um, but we were, you know, still kind of good friends. And it was December of, I think, I want to say 2015. Yeah, December, mm -hmm. no, to December 2014. And we were at the holiday party. And Digitas holiday parties were legendary. Like, it, it would, they just went all out. I, I remember hearing, I'm not sure if this was accurate, but I remember hearing the budget for at least one of them was over 80, 80K. Um, oh venue food open bar uh you know we would be there for like six hours and then it would extend for like another two like they were crazy like that i remember 
I never went, I never belonged to a fraternity, but mm-hmm. I think Digitas was the closest thing uh, culture-wise because it was any excuse to throw a massive party. Um, and so that was, I mean, that might've been one of the reasons why I stuck around so long. But um, during that holiday party, I had a great time, you know, and then um, uh, that girl, she asked me if I want to um, share a cab home. And I'm like, oh, well, yes let's share a cab home. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe this is going to lead to something else. And she starts crying and I'm like, Hey, Hey, are you okay? And she goes, I have something to tell you, but I'm not supposed to. And I go, Oh, what? And she just blurts it out like full tears. You're getting laid off tomorrow. And I was like, what? And I, I couldn't believe it. But um, so I go into my boss's office. Uh, this is like my fifth boss at the time. Um, at Digitas. And, you know, he really, you know, he's really nice about it. And he's just like, listen, he's like, I could find work. Uh, I could maybe find you some, another group in the agency. Um, but, you know, I don't think that, like, he, he even was like, listen, I got to kind of kick you out. So like, you can just, you can start doing better work. Um, I think he, he realized that I had just kind of maxed out my, my stay there. Um, and, but he was nice. He was like, yeah, I can, I can try to find you something else. Um, but what I would advise is, you know, take your severance and, you know, just, he's like, you can let your land on your feet. Um, and I think that's actually one of the best things that happened in my career. He, you know, he just said, you know, do this, honestly. He's like, I think you're a, a good creative. Um, I think, but I think you need to be at a different agency. And I was like, okay, I took it. It was like a six month severance. I was like, all right. Um, Nice. I, yeah, I left and then I freelanced. I freelanced for a couple of years. Um, it was like small clients, big clients. Um, um, I worked at VML for a while uh, in the YNR building. Um, and then I worked at Rosetta Razorfish. Um, and I worked on this massive campaign um, where I was leading a team that we were doing a um, like a 360 campaign where we were shooting um, we were shooting a spot. No, we were shooting three spots. We were doing print, um, digital site. Um, and they ended up shooting all of it in South Africa. And since I was a, a freelancer, they were like, Oh, you know, we're not going to send you. We're going to send the, the ECD. And I was like, well, yeah, no, I, I totally get it. I would have loved to. Um, cause that's, I think that's the part of my job that I, that I love the most is, um, like photo shoots and, and video shoots. Um, when I was at Digitas, we did a bunch of those in California for Comcast. And that was awesome. Um, we did one where uh, the idea, uh, it was for Comcast uh, Xfinity at home. And the idea was basically that you can control your home from anywhere you are. And so one of the spots we did, um, this guy is walking through like the rain. Um, but then he's inside it. We, and we literally like, we're kind of like flooding an apartment. Like we had, we had all these lights coming Oh, sorry, all these tubes with, they were, they were like uh, simulating rain in this apartment. Um, and it was basically like him walking in through the apartment while it's raining. And then he, you know, turns on the lights and then we realize, oh, he's not actually, it's not actually raining in his apartment. He's just outside in the rain, you know, and then he comes home and it's fine. Um, and another from that series we did um, where we, uh, we had a family that was at the beach. And so there was all these things. Um, this, the father was walking through the house, like turning off lights and stuff like that. And, you know, um, 
but we had all these cues from the beach that they were in and we got uh we had seagulls we had little um little sand crabs we even had a pelican uh it's the first time me seeing a pelican in real life i didn't know that they were so tall they were like four feet tall um but you know that's i feel like that's when i'm that's when I feel the happiest and like the most creative um, when I'm on a shoot, you know, because we've done all the planning, we've sold in um, an idea to the client, you know, and they're super happy about it and they're willing to invest and trust us so much and, you know, setting them up at video village and like, you know, we're, we're shooting and I'm collaborating with the director. Um, I think that that is, that, that is my favorite part. Um, and so then after that, that big, um, that big shoot in South Africa, um, the person that I was working with there, she said that they were looking for um, staff um, at this company called MXM. And so I went over, I, I, I think I only had like two meetings. Um, I had two meetings and they hired me um, and they, they wanted me to just to elevate the work. And we were working on Bank of America and um, yeah, Bank of America was going to be my main client. And so it was, it, you know, it just kind of came in and then we were acquired a couple of years later by Accenture Interactive. Um, and so, you know, I, I was working on Reynolds at the time, like Reynolds kitchen stuff, and we were shooting stuff for them. Um, and we were doing stuff for Barilla and, and just lately we did a shoot for Vasa. And so, yeah, I feel like that's like, you know, and my team has fluctuated. So I lead a team of uh, other creatives, uh, copywriters, um, uh, art directors, motion designers, um, uh, junior designers. And so, yeah, that's a long way uh, of me answering your question of, of what I do and kind of how I've gotten here. I mean, it's thorough. <laughs> not, not a problem. I, 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 got, I got no questions. You laid everything out for me. Um, so let me, let me tra uh, transition that over because you say that, you, you know, when you're, ha you're happiest, when you're on a shoot, be it photo, video, or otherwise. And now you're at home and you're probably going to be at home like the rest of us for probably the foreseeable future. How do you keep motivated and how do you find your happy place now that we're in the middle of this global pandemic and we still have to be creative? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so luckily, I mean, during this, we've, um, we've actually been able to shoot a few things. And so... Uh, for my uh, client in um, Sweden, um, Vasa, we were able to shoot. And so we met with the production team there and, you know, kind of gave them our idea and laid everything out and, you know, zoomed, uh, zoom call to death and, you know, uh, we're, was able to kind of get everything but us being at the shoot. Uh, so we, we did that. We also had kind of the same kind of thing happen for this client that we have in Connecticut. It's a healthcare client. And so we were able to shoot some, some photos for that. Uh, and so I feel like for me, those have been um, kind of like, it's like when you really want a steak, but you know, all you can get is like a shish kebab and they're, they're still satisfying, but not exactly what you want. Um, I think otherwise, um, you know, staying motivated is, has been very, very difficult. Um, it's, uh, it's especially difficult, I think, as a, as a creative person um, that's also a musician and I can't even, like, I can't go perform you know, I can't, um, I can't go to my uh, band rehearsals, you know, like I used to. Um, it's very difficult. Um, I think even the fact that I'm, I'm single. And so 
it's just me in this apartment. Um, my dog doesn't count because she's super old and she just sleeps and eats. Um, so there are just, um, you know, I've gone through different phases on how to stay motivated. Um, there was early on, there was the workout a lot after or before work, um, you know, so you can get some of that dopamine hit and you, I'm alert. And, you know, I went through the baking phase that most of the country went through. Um, <laughs> How was your sourdough bread? Oh, my man, my sourdough bread is on point. Um, <laughs> I ended up buying during the height where nobody can find flour. I ended up finding this site called Baker's Authority. And I bought a 50 pound bag of flour. Um, and I just had it and I would bake all the time. I also gained like 30 pounds because of it. Um, but um, oh, well, welcome to the club, pal. Uh, then no oh, yeah. yeah, no, no, no one's gonna, gonna fault you for that one. Definitely. Just out of curiosity, how much flour do you have left? Um, it's just in like a little jar now. Yeah, well I went, done. I went through, yeah, I went through a lot. But I was also like, you know, I would, with the sourdough thing, like I was making bread just to give away. Um, I was making loaves to like, just, Hey, uh, you want to come by and, you know, mask up and I'll just throw you a loaf and just to, just to do something or just to see someone even for just a little bit as they, you know, just came by downstairs and I was able to just quickly say, you know, say hi. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, inspiration has been tough this year. Um, I think reading has also kind of um, kind of helped out. Um, I, I was never a huge reader, um, but I think, you know, just getting sick and tired of watching TV. Um, and so, you know, reading has been, has been awesome. Like uh, I love anything by uh, Hemingway. Um, I love uh, Bukowski, um, Vonnegut. And so those are things that I, I feel like I didn't, maybe I just didn't even pay attention in high school, um, like most of us. And, and, you know, I, I didn't even know that I would enjoy reading that much. And so, yeah, I, I do that. And um, I write stuff. I've written um, maybe like four, four new songs this year. Um, and then, yeah. And then, you know, just kind of sitting here and figuring out the guitar part and then the bass part, and then maybe a little keyboard or, or synth part. Um, yeah. Um, just trying to, trying anything to stay motivated, really. Mm-hmm. By the way, what do you, uh, you see you're reading uh, Hemingway and Vonnegut and Bukowski. First, all wonderful, light, cheery reading. <laughs> uh, exactly. A farewell to arms. I was like, oh boy, why did I read this now? <laughs> oh, okay, well, you know, let's, uh, let's see here. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. We've got this Vonnegut book uh, called Ice Nine. And yep, it ends with <laughs> the end of humanity. That's great. Um, I think I think a lot of I think a lot of people um, were doing that on purpose. Also, like I remember when this all started, I was literally searching out like any movie. I was watching Deep Impact. I was watching Armageddon. I was watching um, uh, uh, Seeking Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Like I don't know why, but I think if it was like it was cathartic. I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one going through this. Look at all these movies about this. Like it's going to be okay, you know. We'll get through it somehow. Exactly. They all get through it somehow. Even a deep impact. Elijah Wood survives with that little baby. So, Oh, spoiler alert. Jeez. <laughs> that movie's on, been man. out for like 30 years. I mean, I'm going to get to it. <laughs> I swear I'm going to get to it. Um, by the way, what kind of music do you play? 
Um, so I'm definitely a, a singer songwriter, um, but I mean, I, I, I like playing, I like playing pretty much everything. Um, you know, I've, all the stuff um, that I write usually just starts out on my guitar. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I take it from there, whether or not it, it kind of evolves into something with a lot more instrumentation or um, whether it's just, you know, simple, just voice and guitar. Um, yeah. I mean, like whatever, I think my, my, like my favorite stuff to play is stuff by like Damien Rice or like Eric Clapton or Bob Dylan or uh, even just like acoustic Radiohead stuff. Um, yeah, I'll just sit here and you know I'll just I'll start playing and uh, it definitely it it's definitely something that um, that helps not just pass the time but in a constructive way instead of just instead of just I mean there's nothing wrong with it but you know I, there's only so much supernatural on Netflix that I can watch and um you know that's me being up to like season seven. Oh yeah I was gonna say you, you're talking about a show that I believe is on season 15 right now so yeah, something like that yeah yeah I, I just want to just stress for everybody listening that it's it's just we're, we're talking about the levels of human endurance not the endurance of the television show itself <laughs> plenty to watch there you know it's funny uh because the new season I, I don't know if you watch that show the Mandalorian Oh yeah, I love that show. Oh my god, yeah. I can remember watching that first season in 2019 and thinking to myself, this thing is so good, uh, we don't deserve it. And now here I am watching season two in 2020 and thinking, yeah, we've earned this. Oh yeah. We've Absolutely. earned this. Rough, rough year. Rough year. Well, let me ask you, because you've had, you know, again, a career stretching back uh, X number of years. Again, we're drinking. We don't <laughs> do the math. Um, but what have you found that has changed the most? since you started? Um, you know, I think one of the, the biggest changes um, that I've noticed is that the budgets, um, they get smaller and smaller. And the agencies um, usually are okay with it. Um, you know, and it, and it goes back to that whole, you know, um, fast, good and cheap. And you know, I, I think that for when you get to larger agencies, um, they're very rigid about their, you know, the profit margins are, they'll accept. Um, but I feel like it's, it's more of a detriment to like medium or smaller size agencies that, you know, clients will go from, hey, we shot like the, the thing that I told you about uh, that we shot in um, South Africa. That was, I believe, a $3 million shoot. Um, and it was like, okay, here's what it's going to cost for this. We're going to need three photographers. We're going to need, you know, someone with video. We're going to need, you know, this, that, and that. We'll need a full crew. Um, all in, it's going to be three million. Um, you know, and then you know, fast forwarding just a few years and having clients say like, oh, you know what? We no, no, we don't want to do a. We're gonna, oh, we're gonna do three spots. No, we can't pay. We can't pay nine thousand dollars. And you're like, are you, are you serious? <laughs> like we we need like even like the camera that we're going to rent is going to cost you a lot. Like um, I think that's the, that's the biggest change. Um, everybody wants to do everything really, really cheap. Everyone is starting to go in house. Um, and I feel like I'm not sure if it's going to, if it's going to go back. Um, I feel like there is a part of me that feels that um, clients or even audience um, is embracing lo-fi in a way that 
is a little bit detrimental to um, to kind of to to the agency creative, um, you know. And and you know, I have no problems scaling back on you know crew, or maybe we can't shoot with with um, uh, with a red camera. You know, maybe we we don't have a full crew of you know fifteen people. Um, but I always think that quality really matters. Um, you know, and when even like during this pandemic, we've received um, uh, materials from clients that look like they were shot on an iPhone four, um, and it's like, listen, I can shoot something on my eleven. I think I have eleven. Yeah, on my eleven Pro, using Filmic Pro, using a a, a gimbal, you know, mm-hmm. with a couple lights, and we could make this thing look really good. Um, but you know, to my surprise, often the client's just like, well, what's, what's wrong with this? And you're like, if you can't see what's wrong with that, then I don't even know like what to tell you. Um, and I feel like that, that, that steep drop in quality, um, like I said, I'm not sure if we're going to, I'm not sure if we're going to come back from that. Um, given the popularity of, you know, self-published um, TikTok, um, which for the most part has really good quality. So I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not sure why um, kind of that, that level, uh, that drop in quality is kind of being accepted by clients. I just had, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say the name of this client, but we just had another client send over the, uh, these videos and they're like, Oh, here's some things that we want to use for the site. And I'm like, you can't be serious. Like they're not, it doesn't even look like they're like, um, they're not even 1080p. Like, forget shooting in like 4k or like these look like they're literally like like this is what you get when your internet's super slow on youtube and you're stuck with like the lowest um the lowest resolution and i'm like this is this you can't put this on your site and they're like well this is what we got this is what we're gonna do you're like wow okay not to be a cynic but do you see that maybe, and I'm, and I'm asking here, and, and, and sure. this is where I'm going to get angry emails. Um, <laughs> do you think the quality might improve once there's a chance for the client to travel? Maybe. I had, I had a friend, I, I, had, I still have a friend, and I, we're still friends. I just <laughs> can't say their name. Yeah. Um, who told mm-hmm. me about uh, having conversations with clients about all like the money that they need to save, cutting corners here, cutting corners there. And then as soon as the client is off phone, there's at least one person in the room going, yeah, we want to do this someplace warm. So I'm just, I'm just wondering like, maybe that might be a turning angle because won't we also get sick of lo-fi at some point? You know, I, I hope, I hope so. I hope that um, that we do get sick of of lo-fi. Uh, and like I said, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, maybe maybe a, a three three million dollars is out of the question. But um, just being able to shoot something that looks that looks great, you know, that's lit properly, that you have, you know, even if you do it with a skeleton crew, but just that 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 goes back to something that you could say like, oh my God, like that's visually stunning. And there are still places that do it. There are still companies that do it. There's still agencies that are able to convince, um, convince clients to invest that money because that's what it is. It's an investment in their own brand. Um, and I hope you're right. I hope it's going to be, you know, once this is finally over, the clients, even just by saying, hey, look, we've been working from home this, you know, for, for a year now. Um, yeah. Hey, how about we shoot in 
I used to always shoot in Malibu. Hey, how about we go shoot in Malibu again? I'd be like, yes, I am so down. I'd be even down to shoot in Des Moines. Like we used to do all these shoots in Des Moines and I'm like, I'm down to go back to Des Moines. Like, let's go. Like I know a great little bar there. I know a karaoke place down the road. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Okay. You were, I, I think you might be the only human being I've ever heard make Des Moines sound incredible. <laughs> that's wonderful. Now I want to go to Des Moines. Oh, that's how, that's how you're ready to go. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is a, this is a program of firsts. Um, so outside of the pandemic, or maybe I should say before the pandemic hit, were there, what, what was the kind of, cause I know we're talking about budgets and budgets uh, is not a conversation that started with the lockdown. It's, it's a conversation that's been going on for years now. Yeah. Would you say that's one of the biggest like pain points uh, for creative direction uh, at this time? Again, without the pandemic? Um, I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. Just because also um, for, you know, some clients, um, you know, even before the pandemic, I noticed that everyone wants to try, you know, there are certain buzzwords that um, a client hears and they're, they're like, oh, we want that. We want, an ad- we want an agile system. And you're like, okay, do you know what that means? And at this point, I feel like it's up to their own interpretation. And so they imagine what an agile um, um, way of working is. What's their agile flow? Oh, their agile flow is we need to get something out every week um, and you have less hours to do it and you're more constrained. And you're like, yeah, like it's not, it's funny. I always say this, it's, um, you know, as creatives, we make something out of nothing. Right, and it's whether it's uh, motion, whether it's design, whether it's words, um, we take it. Obviously, yeah, there's going to be strategy and you know uh, maybe thought starters here or there, um, and the brand or the business needs, but we create something out of nothing. Um, and so, you know, when you start to treat the creative mind like like a tap. Um, and maybe that just means I'm not, I'm not as creative as I thought, you know, as I'm supposed to be. But for me, when you start to, to think of uh, creativity just as a tap that you can just turn on and off whenever you want, um, I think you kind of, you get mediocre work. Um, mm. The more you can let someone's mind like go and go and go. I remember our, I remember our lead times, uh, even I want to say, where we had six, maybe six years ago, the lead time for projects, um, you know, they would be like, okay, like we're working on this one thing. You've got three weeks, you know, I'm going to be like, oh man, only three weeks. Um, and now it's like, okay, we, yeah, yeah. You need to come up with three campaigns. Yeah. You've got a week and a half. And you're like, wait, or my favorite is this is a logo redesign. Um, yeah. We're going to need a, we're going to need a bunch of logos uh, in a week. And you're like, you know, I've spent, I spent weeks before, you know, in my career um, working on just the right logo, you know, two or three, and now we're expected to craft a lot more in a shorter time and with less money. And so, yeah, I think it did definitely start um, before the pandemic. What would you say like, the, the burnout rate is amongst the, uh, the like, as creatives climb in their career especially inside agencies like has this result because we were talking earlier about um and forgive me i don't remember the name of that the one particular agency because you worked for 30 of them <laughs> um 
but you were talking about how people would be there for a certain time and then move on. Have you found that the burnout rate of people ha uh, under these conditions has resulted in a bit more of a revolving door policy of hires at agencies? You know, it, it's funny because I feel that um, there, you know, when we went into the recession um, uh, during, um, during President Obama, um, everyone was just so glad um, to have a job whenever they can get one um, yes. that the notion of just like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to find something else. I think it kind of went away for, for, for a bit. Um, there was, uh, and I think for me specifically, as I got older, I have a daughter, um, she's, she's all grown now, but um, it was never, I, I never treated it like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to keep bouncing around um, because in my kind of in my mind, like the longer I was there, the more seniority I had and the less chance that I would get um, kind of laid off as part of the, you know, the first wave, which is usually the first people to come. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I, I think I have, well, before the pandemic, I, I think I started to see it again because it had been enough years where, you know, would, would somebody would be at an agency for two years and then just be like, okay, you know, it's time to move on. And, and I, you know, I always told my, my creatives like, yeah, like you're young, do it. Like go, not even just in the city, go someplace else, go, go work someplace, like find an agency that, you know, um, you know, in, on the West coast, go down South, go to, go to in Texas. Des Moines, perhaps go to <laughs> Des Moines. Oh man. I want to go back to Des Moines <laughs> <laughs> just to be on a plane, just to be on a, just to be on a private plane. Is that going to be the, uh, you get vaccinated and we get the all clear for the easing of uh, social restrictions. What is that going to be the first thing you do? Oh, hell no. No. First thing is I'm going to go, my, my parents live in Miami. So the first mm. thing is I'm just going to go to Miami. I'm going to go to Miami. That'll be the first trip. And then the second trip, um, it's just got to be to Europe. Um, I'm mm. just going to got to, got to get out. I've got, we, I mean, I, I know we all do like I've got 200, PTO hours just sitting there. Yeah, wow. I would I would go I would go away um once every once every two months. I would, you know, take a week off, go go do something. Um but yeah, so we've got two hundred hours sitting there. It's like five five weeks, I think. I'm not great at math, but something like that. Uh two hundred and forty. Yep, that's five weeks at a full time. Yeah. Oh, you can practically become a citizen of Belgium in that amount of time. <laughs> or go back to Copenhagen. Oh, man, Copenhagen is so great. Go back to Copenhagen. Do something. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just daydreaming. And how has it been uh, managing your team throughout this entire pandemic? So I think it's, I think it's gone in waves, too, um, like everything else. In the beginning, you know, we were all... I think we were all very hopeful that this was only going to last. I was one of the, I was one of those cheerleaders, hopeful that it was going to last very, like just a few months. Um, mm -hmm. I was, I was a very like, Hey, you know what, when summer comes, we'll be back in the office. And, and so having that super positive attitude, I think it was, it was okay. It was okay. Managing everyone. Um, and we would have our one-on-ones, um, you know, everyone had their, their camera on and everyone was still getting ready for work in the morning, you know, that, uh, I think that lasted like a good few months. Um, and then you can tell like one by one, people stopped sharing their video. <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's like one, one person wouldn't. And then the next week, 
two people wouldn't you know, be like, oh, well, I guess I don't have to either. Um, and so there, I mean, there was, um, I think maybe in like later summer where I did notice that, you know, my team, I wasn't paying enough attention to my team. I was just getting through my own tasks and, you know, emailing them every once in a while. Like we had even made it um, almost like a, a policy to have happy hours on virtual happy hours on Thursdays. Um, and that just kind of fizzled out and like it just went away. Um, um, but I think now that you know, there is an, a potential end in sight, um, I think just morale overall has, has gotten better. And you know, being able to kind of express to the team that you know, this is going to end soon and you know, we're able to, you know, I think you have to start to ramp up to that, to that level of motivation and kind of team camaraderie again. Um, because when, when we were in the office, I sat in a row with my team. So it was me at the end and then, you know, the team there and uh, kind of like around me. And so it was, it was easy, right? You come in and you're like, Hey, do you want to go get coffee? And it was, it was just, there was more of that. Like, I see you, I see what you're working on. I can just lean over and say, Hey, you know, that looks awesome. Can you, you know, take, I want your eye. Can you take a look at this? And there's definitely, um, it was more of an involved um, kind of um, team structure. And, uh, but I feel like as, as far as we can do it now um, over Zoom or whatever other video, um, it's, it's been tough, but I think it's, it's gonna get better. Um, and then when it's over, then hopefully we're all back. And I mean, I'm sure there's gonna be some weirdness, uh, <laughs> lingering weirdness of like, oh, I have to get up and uh, take a shower before work, which is, not always the case now. <laughs> Wait, I have to plan time to actually get to work. Exactly, right? Oh, that's like two hours out of my day. Well, because we, we had our offices down, um, uh, down on Wall Street, right? So mm -hmm. it was like, it took me about an hour um, to get down there. So if I had to get down there theoretically, you know, creative, creatives don't like to get up early, but 9.30, say, get in the office, 9.45. Mm -hmm. That means I had to leave by 8.30, um, which means I had to get up at at least seven o'clock. I, cause I putter around the house in the morning. So I just walk around. I'm like, Oh, you know what? All the plants need watering. Oh, the dog needs, I got to take the dog out, you know, and then walk around and be like, Oh, why did I leave this here last night? And then I'm like, Oh shit, I'm, I'm out of time. I got to go. You know, and then I would rush to work. Um, so there's definitely going to be that 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 curve of going back uh, to that to that routine. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and by the way, your your team they're they're healthy and well, and everybody's fine. Thankfully, yeah. Um, you know, I think that we've all we've all taken this very serious. Um, you know, just social distancing and masks. And, you know, one of the things that I think we all really felt in the beginning was just like the, the, the gravitas of it, the, the danger. And so, I mean, even when we were talking the beginning, like we would sign off by just saying like, Hey, you know, everybody be safe, you know, stay healthy. And um, so, but thankfully, yeah, my, my whole team is, is, it's fine. They're all healthy. The immediate family is healthy. Um, so yeah, I think that's been a, that's been a huge blessing. Excellent. Do you think, I'm wondering how to phrase this. Is there some aspect uh, 
of this lockdown that's going to affect the way that we approach advertising moving forward? Outside of like reduced timeframes, reduced budgets, because, you know, 2021 is going to be hopefully about departments trying to recover, you know, the money that they lost in 2020, hopefully. Uh, but is there like going to be a change in the approach that might be industry-wide, do you think? I think so. Um, and I think one of those is about um, something like very pragmatic um, real, real estate. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like we've demonstrated for almost a year now that everyone doesn't have to be in the office all the time. And I think one of the ways that they're going to be able to these larger agencies or even, I mean, you know, mid-sized agencies, smaller agencies, they're going to, they're going to realize that they could save a ton of money um, if not everyone has a permanent desk, um, whether or not that's going to be good or bad. Listen, I'm partial, you know, I, I, I guess maybe I'm part of the, uh, I'm not an old guard, but you know, <laughs> a little older um, that, you know, I loved having my own office. Um, I had my office and, you know, I had meetings in there and quite enough to have uh, phone calls and, and everything. And, and that was great. Um, but I don't think we're going to go back there just because, you know, they're going to realize that they can save um, a lot by making it, Hey, uh, what, what is it called? Hoteling, um, you know, where you kind of the day before you, check in and you say, yeah, I'm going to, I'll be there for, or the week before you'll say, I'll be there for, uh, you know, Monday through Wednesday, you know, and then you won't have your, you won't have your stuff there. Maybe I won't have my ukulele there anymore. Um, oh. <laughs> but I think that um, it's definitely, I think this whole thing is going to inform, you know, those, at least in, in that way. Um, I think maybe even, I, I hope not, but even back to what you're saying about clients being okay, not, you know, not going to shoots or anything, you know, whether that, you know, say like, okay, put us on zoom and we'll be remotely at the shoot. Um, you can't say for sure. You can't say how much I think um, uh, it's going to swing the other way around. I would love to think that, you know, when this is all over, clients are going to say, yes, we're going to spend and we're going to invest and we want to recoup and we need to increase this or we need to increase that. Um, but there might be some level of them feeling a little gun shy about it because what if this happens again? And, you know, we're supposed to all have savings, right? Um, we've realized that not everyone does. And same goes for companies. Like they just, they don't have their coffers filled. Like they're just kind of going like we do. It's a, uh, you know, so I, I hope, um, I hope that it's better uh, than it. I hope it good. I hope it gets better and not, you know, people still feel that, that worry that they're going to have to keep scaling back. I will drink to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we uh, go, uh, where can we find what's coming up next for you and where can we find you? Well, if this was a normal non-pandemic year, I would give you some dates uh, to come check out, um, you know, some of my sets where I'm playing. Um, but uh, in the absence of that, um, you can go, um, you can go follow me on Instagram. Um, I'm Dune Leader, D-U-N-E-L-E-A-D-E-R. And that's a super, a super nerdy, um, it's like a video game thing, whatever. <laughs> I was, I was Dune, I was the Dune Squadron leader and so i was doing leader 
anyway, um, I put up some music there. Uh, you know, I take photos and um, you know, throw them up there too. So, and then my site, robgomez.com. Sounds good. Sounds good. Robbie, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'd love to catch up with you once we're all vaccinated and check in with you. Absolutely. Thank you, man. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers to you. Cheers, man. Thanks, Robbie. You can find him at robgomez.com. For this episode and more, please head to drinkingwithcreatives.com and please support us there on our Patreon. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your preferred platform. My name is Jeremy Berger. I hope you're well. We'll see you next time.